0: The Week in Bible Prophecy, a Prophecy Watchers podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Prophecy Watchers. Karen here with a really special update. Um, I am going to have a conversation with someone that you probably have heard the voice of before if you've ever listened to Christian music. Um, Ben Calhoun is the founder and the main artist in Citizen Way, and he's also a singer-songwriter. He um, has music in the Christian industry and as well as in the country industry as a solo artist, and I am just so thrilled to get to talk with him because he's not only a Christian artist, he's a strong Bible-believing Christian, and he has a background in Bible prophecy, so I'm just thrilled to get to talk with him today. Ben, welcome to Prophecy Watchers.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for having me. I've been a huge Prophecy Watchers fan for over a decade, and I am very excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it for weeks now. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So I hear that you've been a fan of Prophecy Watchers for a while, specifically of Gary Stearman. Tell me a little bit about that. How did that happen?
1: Well, I think I'll have to go back to when we got signed to a record label. I was always involved in ministry. I wanted to be in music ministry ever since I was a little kid. I saw Petra and Carmen and Jeff Moore when I was a little kid and said that's what I'm doing. And I've never done anything differently than I had a desk job for a while I hated it. My wife's like, you're a miserable human being just go play music, you know. <laughs> and so but I, I wanted to be in ministry, I wanted to actually lift up the name of Jesus. And it's interesting how, in my opinion, the music industry, Christian music industry is not Interested in ministry. They're interested in the industry and um, You know the almighty dollar still reigns supreme there and people compromise for it and they compromise their beliefs They compromise scripture they mm. change it to whatever they need to make it work for the music or for the stage and lights and yeah. most of In my opinion what the church of see age that we're in they have no idea what's going on, right? So right. I just purposely got out of it uh, a few years ago in 2019. I did my last tour sold the bus sold all my equipment and came home to be a dad because you got to be present to win. I have three little girls and they need me. They need their dad there. And, you know, a lot of people I've seen pastors, they they will sacrifice their families for ministry and not even know it, yeah. thinking they're doing good works for the Lord and realize their family's suffering at home. And so I came home. But it started when I was a kid. And I remember very specifically, uh, and here's how it ties into Prophecy Watchers. I had always been scared of aliens. Like little green guys, I would have lots of terrifying dreams. I had some pretty interestingly demonic experiences when I was a kid uh in in my bedroom upstairs. Things would knock behind my pillow against oh. the wall that shouldn't be there i I saw things in my room yeah I couldn't watch alien movies like by myself, you know signs with Mel Gibson. I love that movie couldn't watch it by myself and Fast forward to when I'm on the road and I'm lifting up the name of the Jesus of Jesus, you know, we did it independently for eight years and we got signed. I'm on a much bigger platform. So I become a target to the enemy, right? Right. Well, in my dreams, those those dreams are coming back really significantly to the point of where I could see dark figures in my bedroom. My wife and I were married at the time. My kids are down the hall and they were choking me and I could not say the name of Jesus, right? You know how it works. And I've dealt with spiritual warfare. my dad's a wonderful, godly Bible believing pastor, and he knows how to take authority. I grew up with that. But it was in my dreams that I couldn't figure this out. Yeah. And I was terrified. I'd wake up in a cold sweat, couldn't figure out what was going on. And I called my dad. And he said, son, are you, you know, are you addicted to sin? No, it's it's dad. I'm not. Well, let's pray anyway, and ask the Lord forgive you just in case. So we did that. He said, you need to ask the Holy Spirit how to deal with this and you need to look to scripture for for it. And the I swear to, no, that's not a good word. I promised the Lord this is what he said to me. He said, you remember how you've always been interested in Genesis six and giants? Well, look that up again. And so I started, you know, I read through scripture and I started poking around in the internet. This was 12, 13 years ago. And I found Prophecy Watchers wow. and I found everything I could possibly find on Genesis six. Wow. And when I realized that the the demonic spirits of those dead nephilim are still roaming the earth taking various forms and shapes and that they were the ones haunting me in my dreams and that i still had authority over them in jesus name it was like a light bulb my fears went away and they never came back it was like a rocket ship that took me off from the ground and i just totally dug into God's word in a new way. And I was a Bible nerd already. I love <laughs> God's word. I, I was never rebellious. I grew up in the church when yeah. the youth group. I love my parents are wonderful. I have a yeah. great family. It was like I was born again. It was amazing. It's like the veil had been lifted and things started to make sense. You know, in my favorite movies, the Lord of the Rings and all, all that kind of stuff it was like, oh, they're getting it from God's word. They're getting it yeah. from the Bible. Yeah, they're taking it from the antediluvian world. And so I started sharing that stuff from stage. I started losing friends quickly
2: mm.
1: and gaining a few that were scared to talk about this stuff. Yeah, um,
2: yeah.
1: And I it, it to this day at every single show I've done, I share the lineage of Genesis five from Adam to Noah and what it, and how it spells out the plan of salvation. Wow, that came obviously that's a Chuck Missler thing too, but I found it because of prophecy watchers. Yeah, Gary Stearman and J.R. Church when he was alive. L.A. Marzulli, um, Derek, and, and Sharon Gilbert, all the folks that you guys have had and there have been significant bricks in my foundation. And interestingly enough, my popular Christian culture does not, not want that stuff. No. It's, it, it scares people. They stop putting money in the plate mm-hmm. and the churches, the pastors know it. And so they don't say anything because that's where their money comes from.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. and
1: so when you get ministry and money, it's just messy. And so I always rejected being on full time staff at a church. I always wanted to starve as a musician, you know, <laughs> but I wanted the freedom. And so 2019 came and I'm still doing the same thing. And I lost the band. They didn't they didn't want to be in ministry. They just don't. They, a lot of the industry does not want to be in that. So I chose to leave and go home and be a part of our family. And now we go out as a family, sharing our family testimony. We share Genesis 5. We talk about all the things I learned at Prophecy Watchers. That's also what sparked my wife to read God's word. And wow. now my kids do the same. Wow. And because it's real, it's tangible, it's something you can see around you in the world.
2: Yeah.
1: And Prophecy Watchers was an enormously influential Part of my life, and so I'm. I always send people if they're new believers or if they want to know more about the supernatural. I send them straight to the Prophecy Watchers YouTube channel. That's, That's phenomenal. Where that I go. Every In the, time,
0: that is amazing. <laughs> so I'm uh, thankful. Yeah, well, that is just like the Lord. Something that you were struggling with that you kept being bombarded by, and you didn't know the answer and. Your dad so beautifully led you back to the Holy Spirit. He knows all things. He knows better than anybody how to help you out of it. And then for him to use that as a tool to deepen your relationship with the Lord and turn around and to share that knowledge with Christians, whether they want the knowledge or not, it is truth. And it's maybe uncomfortable, but the supernatural world is more real than the world that we're living in. And Churches seem to like to forget that, except for the virgin birth and except for Jesus raising from the dead. Like they seem to want to disregard all those other things. And yet, that's exactly where true Christianity lies, is in acknowledging those things. So, that is amazing that you're using your platform to share that information because the people that are hungry, the people that need that information, they're going to be coming to true sources. Otherwise, they're just going to be led astray by the, the, TV shows on, you know, cable that are going to be talking about it and talking about evolutionary standpoint, and all those other things. And that's just further misleading somebody that's truly seeking information that's biblically based about these topics. So kudos to you for doing that. And I just I love the Lord's story, how he wrapped that all up for you. Um, I do yeah. want to talk a little bit more about uh, your family and your your role in bringing them into your ministry making it a family affair um, the fact that you are coming back to the home and that is your ministry first that's biblical and in today's society and church it's almost like you need to have a career and being at home is is looked down on and it's actually where the ministry lies if you have a strong family then you're raising children to be able to be well equipped in their lives in the world. And so you're just more powerful as a unit. Um, so I love that you have that perspective on prioritizing your family above everything else. So talk to me about how they're getting involved, what you all are doing as a family um, for your ministry and together.
1: So I started, a, I wrote a song called Daddy's Home many years ago with my brother and our friend Brian. I released it to country radio. And uh, it's done very well there, and it, I I don't advertise much, but I I will advertise the name of Jesus, and I'll advertise my beautiful wife and our three awesome, amazing girls. I, I've always been more interested in writing a better song and letting that do that, you know. But I know that we have to promote it a little bit, but. I, I have always been about being the Holy Spirit, being our best booking agent. He is the best booking agent I've ever seen. Amen. I've had many of them and he's the best. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I always stick to God's word. It says, um, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men into me. And so that's been my MO. My dad very clearly to me told me years ago when I entered in full-time ministry, I was 30 years old and we'd just gotten signed. And he, he said, son, you're in ministry. All you got to do is follow the best general in the history of the world. And I remember the Lord saying to me, he's like, all you have to do is lift up my son. That's it. It was very simple. Just lift up my son and I'll take care of the rest. And so I've always done that. I will, I, I you know, there are, there are, interestingly enough, there are Christian artists who will not say the name of Jesus from stage. Now, whether they have a been purposely or if it's just, they'll say grace, mercy, love, God. But Jesus is a totally different thing. Yeah, You know, you can divide and that's because he is a division. You know, he is. He came to bring a sort of Right. Right. But I noticed ever since I was a kid, I was very staunch on that. I was very it's good and evil. There's no middle ground. Um, we were going to a church years ago that was quite liberal and it's progressive Christianity. I would sit out in the in the in the. Um, lobby and drink coffee i could just not Mm. participate and i was gone so much on the weekends and tour that when i was home i wasn't having enough input into my family to say we need to find another church so my wife was there with her friends and our kids too but after a few years she started to see the holy spirit started to impress on her you need to leave this church and out of respect for your husband just leave Mm -hmm. so we did and she really this was after 2020 you know so her eyes were opened i never i lost a lot of business in 2020 i wouldn't wear a mask at all i never will And I just I saw right through it because Prophecy Watchers trained me in so many Mm -hmm. ways to see through all the stuff, you know, and I'm like, hello, anybody else? Nope. You're all sleeping.
0: Okay, they're all drinking the Kool-Aid.
1: There's yeah, Yeah. sleeping, man. And, you know, like I, I was never a Christian culture, like famous guy and, you know, Christian famous Christians they just don't follow them, you know? And so I was always aware of that, but this was a new level that, well, my wife dug into God's word and that really attracted our older girls. My oldest girl, Ava, started a YouTube channel, Apologetics. She just did it on her own. She didn't use any of my contacts. She's wow. interviewed Lee Strobel and uh, Lisa Childers and Greg Kokel. She has John Cooper from Skillet on Slate this year. That's uh, phenomenal. We're doing things as a family, but God was the one who did it all. The Lord totally moved in my heart When I was a kid, my parents prayed for me. I was faithful to that. I always have been to the best of my ability. I'm a sinner saved by grace, right? But my wife, her eyeballs were open too, and the veil was lifted, and the light got turned on. When she saw what I was talking about in in God's Word, my my favorite book, Genesis, and I would say, hey— Did you hear about this Genesis 5 thing? You know, this is years ago. And it finally started to really make sense to her. She's like, what else is in there? Hmm. You know, why did um, Absalom's hair get caught in the tree? Why? What What are those details for? And because I've learned that every detail is there for a reason. Right. My girls caught on the vision, and so last year we decided to go out on the road, we share our testimony, we share our family stories, I'll sing some songs, old and new, and we try to help honestly encourage families to be families, yeah. to see a family on stage together, unified Um, on God's word in the name of Jesus is very powerful you don't have to do much you just show up yeah and people are like wow I want that yeah and so it's a really easy way to share the good news of Jesus by simply being a family sacrificing the stuff of the world all the record industry stuff that I could do and could chase I've sacrificed to be with my family and yes it loses business but the Lord always takes care of us and I can tell you from experience having been on the road for 20 years I've played in some very big stadiums with lots and lots of thousands of people and some big stages, a couple number ones and everything. But being with my family on the road at a little church or a little radio station or a, week, a little Christian bookstore or wherever the Lord takes us is way more fun.
0: And that is such way more fun because I'm doing testimony. something.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, in our family, we follow the five Fs, our faith in Jesus, family, friends, food, and fun. And then somewhere below that is my career, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's our priority and people are attracted to that they're attracted not just to us but to the truth. They're attracted to the the way God made it, mm-hmm. a husband and a wife under the authority of God the Father, with children who are obedient to their parents, and it works. It it works, and more than ever, I think people are looking for that because it's so depraved out there. You just stand out more. You don't even have to do much. Just show up as a family centered on God's Word, and don't be afraid to say the name of Jesus when it's not fake, of course, right. Because there's a lot of fake. There's a lot of fake out there. And people can recognize the genuine article. They might not know why the hair on their arm standing up. They just know they're responding <laughs> to it, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, to that have what we do. a normal family unit just out in the world is... We live in such a broken society now that the normal that God created for us is now not normal. And so when they do see a family, a couple that's married, happily married, with three kids that are, you know, happy to be shown around with their parents, that that's not normal anymore. And so to have a, a healed, healthy, vibrant family, that that is a beautiful testimony that is going to make an impact, make a difference. And even if you know, they don't resonate with that, they're gonna remember that light and remember what you all talked about. And that's that's planting a seed that's gonna come back and eventually make a difference sooner or later in whether or not they agreed with you, they're gonna have to say, well, yeah, they're doing something right, or they had something that I didn't, because, you know, look at look at where they're at and what they're doing. So that is that is incredible. You have three girls. The oldest is doing a podcast. What are the other two like what are their ages what are they doing what's their passion
1: ava's uh, ava's almost 16 Savannah's a black belt she's 13 oh wow (laughs) we just did a book for her uh called savannah's pajamas so i started a book uh printing publishing company really for the purpose of getting into the mainstream songs that are books that can reach families where they are and they're gonna say oh ben calhoun the author he's the guy from oh my gosh they're talking about Jesus. So it's a, it's a way to get into the culture, right? Mm-hmm. So we do kids books as well. We just sold our last one. We're under on the second Prince. So that's about Savannah. She's our 13 year old girl. Uh, and then we have Liv who's four and we lost a little boy about eight years ago. His name's Jeremiah. And that oh. was the catalyst for miscarriage for me moving to uh, Nashville. Cause I was always going back and forth to Chicago where I'm from. And I knew that God was wanting me to focus on just a few things. That's always been the same. Uh, my family and in music ministry. I can't do my taxes, but I can write and sing a song, right? And I love to lead worship. I don't like modern worship purposely. I, I don't do it purposely. I love the old hymns and I love God's word with music. So I do a thing called Bible Bops, which is a, a kid scripture, family scripture, memory songs. So I'm starting my first one next year.
2: Oh, cool. Uh,
1: so that's part of what we do. But our little one live, um, we conquered our fear of not because ha- my wife's my wife almost died in in childbirth with our our son, Jeremiah. And uh, when we lost him, we buried him, we moved here. And a few years later, um, we went to a funeral of our friend, Carrie, who died of cancer, and she wasn't afraid to go be with Jesus. She knew exactly where she was going. And Allison said, you know, I want I want her kind of assurance. I know Jesus, I follow the same God. I know what happens when we die. Let's have another baby. So we named her live L I V because she did. And even, beautiful. even when we were in the hospital, the doctors were like, Hey, I don't hear a heartbeat. I'm like, Uh uh-uh. uh. We're going to come back next week to a different doctor. And that's going to be the story. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened.
2: Wow. So we
1: bring her with us and we share the testimony. There's a song I wrote called Love Has One that's about that. And it's just a beautiful way of God redeeming um, death to life yeah. over and over and over, no matter what the situation. If we're willing, um, he can do that. The point, the thing I, I think is important for people to realize is you can't stay there. You can't just get out of a, a get out of hell free card. God's word is rich and it's, it's like helping make sense of the junk that's in the world. And so for, for people who go to, I call them Sunday morning social hour people, you know, um, if you're just going to hear the pastor or you're going to feel good, not only are you missing out, you might miss the boat entirely. Yeah. Like, there's no third option, you know. It, it's not just good feelings and Reader's Digest version of the Bible. Like, you have to sacrifice, like, the world to follow Jesus. And it's becoming more apparent. I mean, look at Israel. I mean, right. we're watching the book of Amos and maybe Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38 mm-hmm. play out right in front mm-hmm. of our eyes. Yeah. And it's like, people are like, oh, where are we going for lunch after church? You know, it's right. like, ah, yeah, yeah." You know, so it, it's, to me, it's been... I sh- I don't want to go down the bad road, but I'm trying to encourage people to wake up. Yeah, I don't think we have a whole lot of time to do that. And I'm a pre-trib guy, and it, to me, I'm like I don't see any other way. And when that day comes, I I, I have I just hope I hope I hope you listen right, and right. I'm okay with being you know, losing friends because of it. I have friends of mine, even in our little home church that we started eight years ago, we disagree on the rapture. But that's the thing that we always come back to is God's word is the authority from cover to cover, you know, and that is where I see a lot of churches. that's just super fluffy. They're feeding cotton candy to babies, spiritual babies. And these babies don't know that there's more. Right. Uh, And I have played in almost 3000 church services. And it's amazing. It's about 10 to 15% of the people who really want to know God's word. They're disciples and everybody else is kind of just somewhere after that. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. So
0: what do you think is what do you think is the the cause of that like do you think it's because they're trying to get the money they're trying to fill the seats they're trying to not scare people off they're trying to be so welcoming to unbelievers they don't want to go to the deeper topics like because there are people that want the meat there are people that want to grow to to actually know the truth but yet all of the churches you can go in any town and get basically the same kind of bullet point sermon and say you're doing great and you know send on your happy way but people are hurting people are broken people are needing help and answers and wanting the truth and yet our churches are not giving us that so what what do you think is going on like what's the heart of that since you've seen so many examples of that in your touring
1: Well, in my opinion, I learned this from Prophecy Watchers and Chuck Missler. I believe we're in the church of Laodicea age. We're in the last one. When Israel became a nation, it marked the end of that age, the last one. And so you have lukewarm Christians. They're not hot. They're not cold. They're in the middle. They're scared. You know, seminaries do not teach God's word, the authority of it. Um, I have my license as a preacher. I have my ordination. Um, It's shockingly easy to do that these days and also you can be a, a good looking good singer and get a job like that but you don't really have to know anything in god's word you just have to know the top 40 you know ccm worship songs right. which by the way i call seven eleven songs because they're like seven words eleven times in my opinion having studied the occult they're very much like a seance mm. they put you in a trance and i know the enemy knows what he's doing in oh, that regard sure, so in my opinion sure. is because of the church of laodicea you have uh, you know, church pastors, it's a business. Sunday morning is a big business and it makes a lot of money. And I've watched people get up and out of their seats. For instance, like there are churches that wouldn't let me play nothing but the blood of Jesus. They did not want to hear that. Mm, it's like, oh really? it's too uncomfortable for people. We're trying to be seeker sensitive. You know, I'm like, Well, then and I would do it anyway. I'm like, Good, good. So <laughs> So I wouldn't get asked back, but I did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion. I think we're in the last church age and it's a mile wide and an inch deep and pastors are concerned with that bottom line.
0: Yeah. Well, so you said that you are an ordained minister. Do you, do you have any uh, desire to start your own church that is teaching truth that is feeding people the actual meat of the word of God?
1: I think about it every day honestly, but I can't find a better solution other than the home church that we're currently in, yeah because i I, I think about this uh, it Chuck said it you know and i I think prophecy watchers as a whole would understand it at the very least, but the church started in the home under persecution and it'll probably end there so I'm kind of just skating where the puck's going, honestly. And, you know, we invite people to our home church and they'll come visit. And all we do is we sing some old hymns and there's like five families, this beautiful home our friends host. And we get through about a chapter a week and that's about it. And we discuss it. My girls are there. Mm, it's so wow. rich. And even they will go to these big churches I get invited to and they're like, Dad, it's so fluffy. I'm Yeah, like, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: So it's hard. It's hard to justify giving that up, you know, because here's the thing. I know how this stuff works i i to, it sounds crass but i sold jesus for a living he was literally on the t-shirts jesus saves bro i sold thousands of those things mm. when you learn how to make christianity commercial you can't unlearn it but i think it. it i'm using it as a uh, i think as a good tool right so um i've learned how to do that, but I don't know that there's an easy way to put ministry and money together. So unless there was a way to do it for free and, you know, I started a nonprofit for ministry artists called Generosity Rocks, you know, because labels are hard to, they just don't care about ministry anymore. But artists do, some of them do. I I don't know that there would be an easy way, but you know what I do know is God's word still excites me like it did when I was a kid. I can read the same verse the tomorrow and it'll be something new and there'll be a new song i don't know how he does it other than it's supernatural (laughs) yeah and there's another song from the same verse i've written 10 songs already from you know so there's a there's a real excitement when it comes to that and i think honestly the holy spirit's job is to draw men so i'm going to use whatever i have to do whatever i can do while i still can you know i was shadow banned on facebook and um instagram for being pro-life in 2020 and voting accordingly by the way uh, with the name that shall not be mentioned. And a lot of my friends just were like, oh my gosh, are you even a Christian? And I'm like, are you? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and I already know the answer, but like at some point, you're like, we just have to like choose. Right. What side are you on? Right. There ain't no third option. So my family, we chose and we found friends in, in our home church that are willing to do that. Yes, if the Lord leads me, I will do it. Absolutely. I'm a good soldier. I'm following the greatest general. But so far, That door is still just in my mind. Yeah. I haven't opened yet.
0: Well, I'm sure if he leads you to do it, you will hear loud and clear and you will follow accordingly. But you absolutely have a a ministry that is just as powerful, if not more powerful than having a church because you are on the road. You are reaching so many people around the country, which is absolutely beautiful. You did mention that you had a ministry that you started. um, What was it? The the. Uh, artists oh, yes, yes, tell me about that
1: yeah. it, it's basically like a GoFundMe or a patreon for musicians in ministry. We have about 25 artists that we serve, and I purposely do not advertise because a lot of people just want to get to me and my famous friends, so they won't use it and it's the idea is ministry if you, Christian music in particular if you're not going to be on staff at a church and bow to the Almighty Pastor and building bricks and mortar over and over and over and over again, what other option do you have? As a Christian artist, the only thing you can do to be to get a big platform is be on K-Love. And k will not take you unless you're a part of a big label. And it's so milk. I love my friends there, but it's so shallow. I just can't stand it anymore. And so I started a nonprofit where we go out and we serve the communities, right? We give 10% of our um, merchandise m- income to a local ministry. That night, instead of taking it overseas, there's lots of wonderful child sponsorship things, but that is everywhere in Christian music. That's the only way people can afford to tour, by the way. It's just the truth. So you can't sell enough CDs, nobody buys them anymore. You have to sponsor a child. That That's a big money maker. I don't know if people understand that, but it's big. And I just never felt right about that. So I started a nonprofit where people can sponsor an artist and you can sponsor monthly, one time, whatever, but it also gives them a platform to do what God's put on their heart. Cause a lot of these people don't want to be in a church. They don't want to be, they want to go right. How do you do that and pay for gas and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. People sponsor you. So you can't make enough money on Spotify and YouTube as yeah. a Christian artist. They will shadow ban you. They are going to shut all of us down at some point. So at some point you just have to walk by faith and say, okay, well we still got to go by the almighty Luciferian dollar. Here's a way to do it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, that is so important because when we want to do something, we're so passionate about it, and yet we don't have the funds, the the finances, the resources to go about actually doing it. I love that you're coming alongside the true passionate artists that are wanting to share truth and saying, here, let me help you, because that's really how things are. If anything is going to ever turn in the Christian music industry, this is how it's going to happen because people need to be able to hear those songs that actually have depth that aren't the 7-11 songs to be able to be drawn to those enough for them to start getting the money and maybe start, you know, turning the the songs a little bit more to truth. So I love that you're doing that and you're also an artist uh, you're also an author For children, so you have like a passion for the next generation. What is what I do?
1: I'm going to show it to you. I'm I'm coming. This is my book here. So we did a kids book.
0: Oh, that's so cool! I love that.
1: So it's a song. It's a song. You know, it's about my girls wanting to share their uh, trying all their pajamas. Before bed, I'd be coming home off the road. I'm dog tired, and they wanted to try all their pajamas on. So Aww. I would just write. I wrote this little song when Savannah was a little girl, and it turned it into a book. We sell tons of these things,
2: oh and we gosh. sold out of our first
1: edition because I just, in I, the the whole idea of that book is I, I'm utilizing the gifts God's given me, but it leads to so many good opportunities to share the love of Jesus. It's not a like Christian book, but mm-hmm. it's from a it's from a follower of Jesus. And it can't help but do that. So that's why we do this. So for no other reason, it's because I'm utilizing the strengths God's gifted me. And it keeps us together as a family. My girls sell it. They're learning good business practices. It's a great way to do it. It's fun. And we sing the song together as a family on stage everywhere we go. It's fun.
0: I did not know. You that can actually that's...
1: hear it on Spotify.
0: Really? I did not know that that was yeah. actually a song and a book. That's so creative. Yeah. I love that you are, yeah. you're taking all of your gifts and you're just, if God has given it to you, you're like, okay, let me, let me just use it. And it's just taken off yeah. every single time. That's so beautiful. So I know that you all are touring. Are you all currently on a tour or planning to go on a tour? like, Tell me kind of what's next for you all.
1: We just got back from Kansas City, and we helped with a human a women's trafficking ministry there as well. Uh, we're on our way to Kansas in a couple of weeks, but um, we're always looking to come back to Oklahoma where Prophecy Watchers is.
0: We'd love uh, well, to have I've you. I've been in
1: every continental state at least a dozen times each, and... Uh, I still enjoy. I want to go and and do what I do. You know, it's hard. It's. I can't do anything other than say only God could do what he has done. I mean, I lost a lot of friends 2020 because I was not willing to play the game and I was telling people about it. It Makes me mad. Like, you know, honestly, wimpy Christians bug me like I'm like, stand for something like Quit just singing worship songs and like going to church, like do something, right. you know, because most of the church is so shallow. Like, ah, anyway, my family, when we, go, when we go out, we do very simple things. We come as a family. We share the love of Jesus. We open God's word. We read it. We sing some songs and we invite people to do the same. It's very easy. And so uh, as long as we have the opportunity and as long as people keep booking us, we're going to go. Yeah.
0: Will you talk for a minute to the person that is in your same shoes that has lost so many friends because of standing up for what they believe in or for speaking truth or cannot find a home church that that teaches actual biblically based concepts that just feels alone that is just really hurting isolated can't seem to find their footing in trying to you know get get a Base of Christians around them that want truth like they do, kind of talk to them for a minute, and what what would you say to them?
1: Well, praise the Lord because that's exactly what Scripture said it would happen. They will hate you because of me. Yeah. Fortunately, what I have found is the few fro- foxhole brothers and sisters that we do have, and there are more. There, there are um, than we know, and that we will meet. But they are a much richer and deeper and more vibrant relationship than, you know. I was always attracted, deep calls to deep. The Bible says I was always attracted to that part of this as being a creative songwriter, I guess. But I just don't. I don't think you should worry about it too much. Just continue to pursue God's not the knowledge of God's word and enjoy. The fruit that comes from that, and let the Holy Spirit take care of it. Yeah. And if, if you have skills in a particular way, man, be the best at it. Uh, I, I always say to people, like, say no, like nine times out of ten, so that that one yes is powerful. Yeah. yeah. You know, so say no to like, you know, cut some things out of your life and sacrifice. You know, I always tell young men, give up video games, like sacrifice them on the altar. Shoot the Xbox. Take your twelve gauge and shoot the dang thing. It's corrupting everything in your life. Until you do that, you won't really be able to see or hear from the Lord. Like it's it's cov- it's that tube is only big for information. It's it's only so big; it can only fit so much through it. You're just clogged up, you know. So, I would encourage people to do that. But I still think, man, like start a home church or, you know, get get involved. But most importantly, um, praise the Lord because if you're losing friends for speaking the truth, that's good. Now, don't be a jerk, you know. But like. <laughs> You know, like there's a lot of Christian jerks out there. They just shove God's word down your throat and expect, you know, like, that's the truth. You know, like, no, it's not, man. You're like, you're just annoying people. Like, you got to have some sense to you. Like, come on, do something valuable, you know, instead of just preaching on the street corner, wearing a sign and yelling at everybody like it doesn't work man this culture hates that stuff <laughs> yeah so right. you know like find some new way like get a better discipler and do what they do <laughs> yeah yeah but, <laughs> i would say go to a prophecy watchers conference there They're you great. go There's <laughs> lots
0: of like-minded people there for sure for sure so for someone who is wanting to share specifically about genesis 5 genesis 6 those really fringe topics did you ever have any hesitation at the beginning when you start first the first time you shared from the stage about genesis five like was there any concern was there any nervousness not not at all (laughs) you were just you were emboldened by the holy spirit (laughs) okay who
1: cares what people think? i don't i just who cares i have to answer to god someday i could care who cares about man Yeah, the fear of man i still have the fear of man i think i have to shave it off over the years but like i fear god way more than i fear man so the heck no In fact, I couldn't wait to do it. And I was surprised that not everybody was interested in it like I was. Well, it actually shocked me. I'm like, how do you guys you've been going to church your whole life? You're at a Christian rock pop concert thing. You sing worship music in your car. Why is this not more exciting? Yeah, because it doesn't give the immediate sugar rush. That's what that's what it is. That's what modern Christian church is. It's a sugar rush. You know, and, and if it doesn't hit that dopamine fix, it, it just doesn't register. So, you know, Proverbs nine ten: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. A lot of people don't have the fear of the Lord and they have no knowledge whatsoever. They just go and just regurgitate whatever happens on Sunday morning. And most churches are more interested in the bottom line and entertaining people than leading them to God's word.
0: Yeah. Well, and I do think that. So I
1: was surprised that more people weren't interested.
0: yeah. I think the the depth and the knowledge of the Word of God when you do become accustomed to it and you do transition from the the sugar rush to the meat, then that will be so much more satisfying if people can just kind of slowly incorporate it into conversations, I think because I grew up on God's totally. teaching. So like any church that I go to today, I've been ruined for since I was ten, but it's just it's that that really satisfying like understanding of where you're at, what God's doing, your role in it, how the Lord is working everything together for good. Like you have that perspective when you go deeper. So it's not that immediate satisfaction, but it's a deeper rooted confidence in what's going on and how it's it's not just all falling apart at the seams like it looks like on the surface. So I think at least for people yeah. who are struggling to encourage their Christian friends to get deeper, kind of giving them spoonfuls of it slowly. But surely, I think hopefully that'll help kind of give them a palate for the stuff that actually has nutrition in it, so to speak. So Absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know, an- another strategy I use is what are they interested in? I, I always ask people, I'll have them talk more than I do. You know, God gave us two ears for a reason <laughs> and one mouth, you know. And for instance, like I love to study the Lord of the Rings. I love the Silmarillion. I love I always have I've been fascinated with it and it's very antediluvian it's there's a flood there's it's monotheistic it's it's crazy how many parallels there are so to my geeky not lord of the rings friends that's always my <laughs> causeway you know mm-hmm. to my star wars friends mm-hmm. um I'll go watch the movie with my buddies and we'll go out and I and I will purposely bring up hey did you guys realize that endor is in the old testament it's also in lord of the rings
2: yeah. and they're like
1: what no way man (laughs) you know so like you can easily get to god's word from any topic if you look for it
2: yeah yeah
1: and if you go towards their individual interests anybody it's particularly young people who are inundated with the supernatural that's all over god's word and if you know where it is in god's word you can easily lead them to it and then just take your hands off let the holy spirit do the rest and many times people come back to me hey remember when you told me that thing five Years ago at that one place, I'm like, nope. But are like, well, you said this, and it really led me to this and that. And, and then that Prophecy Watchers video that you sent me, I, l- I watched it. And I'm wow. like, cool, good, you know. <laughs> so you never know where it's going to lead, mm-hmm. but you can always get to God's word from any topic. Yeah. Because it's supernatural. It's outside of our time. It has more than 10 dimensions as far as I know. And so I try to do it that way. I try to go with their interests and, and share the gospel that way.
0: Yeah. I think the world, especially the secular um, community, there's so much truth that can be found in today's secular music, in today's secular movies, books, all of that. If you're just willing to use that as a tool, I and so many Christians hesitate to use it because oh it's evil or oh it has you know X Y Z in it. But at the same time, the truth in there is still the truth, and that can be powerful Absolutely. because they're already willing to discuss that material with you. So it's a gate great gateway if you're willing to use it as a Christian. Um, I did want to ask you since yeah. you do have like a foot in the country music world. Has How has that been? Like, has that been a more powerful tool for you? Have you received any backlash from um, the Christian industry for going into the country or vice versa? Or what has that looked like?
1: I mean, I'm not, I'm not a famous country musician, so it's really there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, ripples from that stone being thrown into the pond other than, to be honest with you, it's more fun.
0: I would believe to, that. To be
1: honest with you, it's the lyrics are deeper, the best musicians and some of them at least in pop music are in Nashville and I get to work. You know, I watched many people over the years leave Christian music and quietly and go into production or whatever, you know, people who aren't lead singers of bands because they're just bored. Like to be honest with you, I never was a worship music guy. I just never was. I was bored. Like this is just boring music. Like I I'm a studied I was going to be a band director, I can play every instrument, I have my degree in music education, I wanted to play trumpet in the CSO, I wasn't good enough. My mom's a concert pianist, I grew up with the Doobie Brothers and the Eagles and James Taylor and Garth Brooks and Faith Hill and Brad Paisley. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. all the artists that I really enjoy, like the Christian artists who why are we always having to compare with them? Why not just do it? Yeah, and and stop trying to because the, the lyric of Christian music is so unbelievably myopic. As a creative person, I, I'm just bored. Like, how many times can you say the same thing?
2: Yeah.
1: And and now they don't want Jesus. They just want incurred positive encouraging. Yes, I'm thankful for Caleb. But that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. It's feeding babies. Yeah. Milk. And it's not even real milk. It's formula now. Right. It's not even real. So, like, as a as a musician, I'm like, I've enjoyed having the freedom to say whatever I need to say. And I'm not going out there other than uh, I want to use my gifts. I'm always going to lead people to Jesus to the best of my ability. But I've just had more opportunity outside of Christian music. Go figure. Yeah. Like I was I was I felt like I was beating my head on the wall trying to get people to wake up and they're just like, oh, do you know, Chris Tamlin? you know, I'm like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Like it just it never ends. And that's all they just want. I know it sounds so harsh, but it's true.
0: It's true. Well, I love that you are not limiting yourself because so many Christians, especially if you're raised in a Christian family or a pastor's kid like you were, or whatever, it's so hard to break out of. Oh, now I'm going to be a secular artist, and there's so many judgments on that. And I don't think, I don't think Jesus would judge any any Christian that is in secular artist realm of any sort like I I think he would welcome that because then his light gets to shine around more people and we get to make a bigger positive impact with the light that he has in us so I I fully support that, but I was curious to see what that response was, Um, but I'm glad that it's been really positive for you so far. Uh, We're just about out of time, but I want you to tell everybody how can they find you? How can they follow you? How can they uh, go see you on tour?
1: Well, you can go to bencalhoun.com. My brother and I are still doing some Citizen Way music, so citizen-way.com. I mean, it's everywhere. Um, If you want to bring us to your church, my email is ben at bencalhoun.com, and yes, that is me. I will answer it. We'd love to come. Uh, We we particularly love small churches. You know, um, we particularly love to meet with people who want to know God's word, because it's celebratory. It's fun. It's such a joy to find other people who love God's word and who want to know how to utilize it in their community. You know, I, I don't really want to go overseas. I've never been interested in being a missionary. I've always wanted to bloom where I'm planted. I want to know every name of every rock and tree and leaf in my neighborhood. That's just how I am, you know. And so I would, I will get, you know, I, we will come and we will serve with you on a Sunday morning or whatever. But uh, Ben Calhoun dot com. But more importantly, I, I'm, I want to help people understand that you have. A, a window of time to be a part of the most exciting history in the world's history. And God's word is the only thing that can help you understand it. And Christians who are asleep, and not many of them are on Prophecy Watchers because they're coming to Prophecy Watchers because they're awake. But um, truly, I want to say thank you to, to you and to Gary and everybody that's been here and Bob. And, and, and it changed my life. I was ripe for the picking and the Lord said, here you go, buddy. Uh, And my parents prayed for me. And so I'm just so thankful. Like I have a lot that I could just, just, I could burn a lot of bridges. I was so angry a few years ago at at, at all the things that were done to me in the industry and whatever, but you know what? I can forgive them. And you know what? I could ask for, uh, ask for forgiveness as well. And it set me free. And God's word will do that, and it, it did for me, and it'll do the same for you. And prophecy washers was a huge part of that. So wherever we go, we're going to do what we were taught. Yeah. At PW, man, like Genesis <laughs> six, saved my life, man.
0: Praise the Lord, the those, Holy those Spirit interviews. doing His best work right there.
1: <laughs> Amen, man. Yeah. It's like the most exciting stuff I've ever. It's like, well, I can tell you as a as a educated man, you know, college degree, uh, you won't be disappointed. So. God's word does not return void. Just dig in, start wherever you are, bloom your planet and utilize this, the strengths God's given you and enjoy it. Because, you know, what? whenever the Bible talks about the rapture and revelation, it says, look up for your redemption draws near. And I'm so thankful. Gary, I tell this to my wife. I've probably told her a hundred times. He has the joy of the Lord when he talks about the most world-ending nuclear things he
2: does. and
1: yet look at the face that's a man who has studied God's Word who has lived the life and anybody who's in that ilk and by the way most of those folks aren't worried about anything other than hey well else can we learn in God's Word they're not famous Christians you know mm-hmm. and I've always appreciated that so I just want you guys to know that you have made a pretty huge mark on this man here, and my family is part of that too. So wherever we go, we take Prophecy Watchers with us somehow because I learned it somewhere, and I'm going to say it from stage. So book me at your church, (laughs) Ben at BenCalhoun.com.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It is an absolute honor that 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 the Holy Spirit used that to— Change the direction of your life, essentially, and that you are turning around and sharing that truth with everyone else. That that is just blessing upon blessing. So, thank you so much for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ben. It has been an absolute joy talking with you, and thank you everyone for joining us for this conversation. I hope it has been a blessing to you as it has been to me. Um, as we close out, we're going to leave you with Ben's music video, "Daddy's Home."